The First Era Podcast, Episode 3. Greetings and salutations, Earthlings. My name is Scott, the host for the First Era Podcast. Another two months have gone by at warp speed. I'd say warp 20 if that were possible. We've got some exciting news for the podcast. We have two new regular contributors. Now, last time you heard Kate giving the Dallywacken language primer. She's joined the show on a regular basis, as well as Rochelle. We've got an interview with her coming up later in the show. As usual, we've got our main features, including our contest winners and lots more. To kick things off, we're going to start with a trivia question about Star Trek, and you'll get the answer at the end of the show. How many screens were built into the bridge for the most recent Star Trek TV series, Enterprise? Again, the answer is going to be at the end of today's show. As usual, we normally kick the podcast off by reviewing the promotions, awards, and new crew that have popped up over the months of May and June to the different simulations of TFE. We'll start with Forest Outpost. On May 12th, the following people were promoted to the rank of Lieutenant Junior Grade. Bruce Coleman, Robert Casey. On May 31st, Yuri Roshenko was promoted to the rank of Lieutenant. And June 12th, H. Nathan Thompson was promoted to the rank of Commander. On May 12th, the following awards were given. The Starfleet Citation for Conspicuous Bravery. Sandra Milliken, Talia Brennan, Jim Rice, Bruce Coleman, Robert Casey, Christoph Sonnenberg, Scon, Roy Falker, and Alex Martin. The same date, the following people were awarded... Starfleet Medal of Commendation Talia Brennan, Robert Casey Bruce Coleman and Scon. Also on this date Roy Falker was awarded a Starfleet Letter of Commendation and Christoph Sonnenberg awarded a Purple Heart and the Cragite Order of Heroism. Moving our focus to New Darwin for promotions on June 13th Petty Officer 3rd Class Dinah was promoted to Petty Officer 2nd Class. On June 17th, Chief of Science Susanna Blockpeel was promoted from Lieutenant Junior Grade to Full Lieutenant. And Adavere Randy was promoted to 2nd Officer. As far as awards go on New Darwin, Clive Youngblood was awarded the New Darwin Contribution Ribbon for reaching 50 logs, as was Adavere Randy. Kareem Mortai achieved his one-year service device. Lieutenant Commander Sam Fisher was awarded the new Darwin Contribution Ribbon for reaching 100 log milestone. And Petty Officer Dinah and Adivere Randi were awarded the Preantares Medal of Commendation for their Dallywack and language work. And again, if you haven't heard that, check out Episode 2. On June 17th, Clive Youngblood was awarded the Purple Heart. And New Darwin got some new crew over May and June. Lieutenant Commander Anthony Knight was appointed as Chief Engineering Officer. And Petty Officer 3rd Class Wade Guinness came in as a geologist mate. On the Challenger, the promotions are as follows. Lieutenant Zoe Wash to Lieutenant Commander. Lieutenant Vic Hanley to Lieutenant Commander. Sub-Lieutenant Tuprin to Lieutenant. 
and Lieutenant Tuprin will be stepping up and acting as XO. Lieutenant Junior Grade Cara Nelson promoted to Lieutenant. Lieutenant Junior Grade Chris Stingley to Lieutenant. Ensign Anwar Samad to Lieutenant Junior Grade. Ensign Lisa Rao to Lieutenant Junior Grade. Petty Officer 3rd Class Alexander Kane to Petty Officer 2nd Class. And a new Ensign, new Engineering Officer, Richard McDonald. On the Yorktown, first promotions. G.H. Boyle promoted from Lieutenant to Lieutenant Commander. N. Cameron promoted from Lieutenant to Lieutenant Commander. And Sang promoted from Lieutenant Junior Grade to Lieutenant. A few new players... Machinist Mate 3rd Class Fritz Vogel, Ensign Jennifer Taylor, and Lieutenant David Taylor. And finally, on the Meridian, they got some new crew as well. Subcommander Tapaz, who is the Chief Science Officer and Executive Officer. And I swear you did this just so I would have trouble. Ensign Gahayath Abdurashid, the new Security Officer. If I missed any new crew awards or promotions for Mayor June please let me know. The contact information is on the website and will be repeated at the end of the show. Thanks. Now it's time for our interview. This episode, I got in touch with a longtime TFE player named Rochelle. She is perhaps best known right now as Commander Reese Morgan, commanding officer of the Yorktown. And she has joined the First Era podcast as a regular staffer. We had a few minutes to chat. Here's how it went. Okay, so Rochelle, welcome to the show. The first question I like to ask is, you know, just tell us about yourself, whatever you want to talk about. As much as you want or as little as you want, just tell us about yourself. I'm from upstate New York, not New York City. Uh, big difference there. Come from a Star Trek loving family. Um, even I, I'm married and even my husband is into Star Trek. So it's uh, really cool that everyone in my family is, is uh, has something to chat about. <laughs> I take it to work with me. <laughs> um, I have, I have, you know, people that they find out that I like Star Trek, and you know, I make new friends in the office. But uh, I, I work for the uh, local YMCA. I've been there for about eight years, and uh, the, it's not really what have I done there, but what don't I do there? Uh, I've worked in every department, and so I've met, you know, everybody. So you really get to find out. Um, who likes, you know, what science fiction, who who likes Star Wars, who likes Star Trek, um, and that that whole, you know, genre. But uh, the uh, other hobby that is big in my family, other than Star Trek, is that uh, I'm a 18th century living history reenactor, and New York is so full of history about the founding of the United States that, you know, you can just go everywhere. You can walk down the street and find it. You can, uh, I, I found a connection between my Star Trek and my 18th century stuff that being in TFE as that, that whole starting point of this is where the whole thing started. Archer with Enterprise, going through the Romulan War and so on. It's, it's kind of like the same thing. You get that, that parallel connections. Um, which I think is great. That sounds great. Now, you mentioned your husband likes the Trek. Have you pressured him at all to, to join the game? Um, we actually did sim together when we started simming, and uh, I have I have tried to pressure him into coming to TFE. He's really more into... Uh, he, he, he plays online games right now, so uh, he likes flying the, the spaceships 
versus uh, you know playing the characters. He did sim with me. Uh, he was my XO in my first sim that I was on. He was the XO and and I was the Beta Z. So <laughs> you know, uh, kind of brings in that whole TNG with Riker and Troy. Definitely, I I, <laughs> I see a connection there. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been simming? To give you a little backstory, when I was born, both my brothers were uh, in teenagers. So it was how can we distract our little sister from causing chaos? So um, they they introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons when I was four years old. And about uh, right. yeah, so I've been uh, a gamer for about twenty six years. When I my freshman year of college, one of my gaming buddies introduced me to the Star Trek RPG. Shortly after that, uh, he got my husband and I involved in Star Trek simming. We played uh, during the Borg Borg invasion, and then we went on from there, Dominion War, and back into exploration after all of that chaos. That was started simming in '98, and I took a couple of years off. After the Dominion War, and uh, I tried out a few other Sims: uh, Sequest DSV, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Stargate, Star Wars. But when Enterprise came on, uh, you know, when Enterprise came on TV, that was the clincher. I like, I had to get back into Star Trek. <laughs> you know, so. so, how long have you been with TFE? I started in TFE. Uh, I signed up for it in March of '06, and uh, I remember the the first. I was looking back through my records, and I found that the the first sim report I got in March was the the fourth anniversary of the Yorktown, and I was just like, you know, that was a big clincher. You know, I've got the right the right sim. It's it's been around. It's gonna go somewhere. I love TFE. It's it's great. Well, how did you find it? From my previous sims, we had been on. Yahoo. So I thought, you know, I'll just go back to Yahoo groups and see what I can find. So I started searching through through there and I uh, found the Yorktown and I, you know, clicked over to the to the website and I was like, oh, this looks so great. And, and then I found out that it was a part of a fleet. I'd never been involved in a fleet before. Um, all of my other sims had been, you know, solo things. You all had your own list and, you know, it was just your group. Sure, um, independent focus. Yeah. Sure. So, so but uh, it was it was a little nerve-wracking at first. You know, I'm like, I've got to go through an academy, and I've got to, you know... It, it's really worked out, and I really enjoy it. It's it's so much fun being able to interact with other with other um, ships and the, the star base and the colony. It's great. Well, I'm always interested in how people come to find TFE. I, I'm always interested in the marketing aspects... And I, I learned something from everyone I talked to uh, about that. So tell us, in your time with TFE, who have you played? What, what different hats have you worn? Uh, I, I've worn several of them. My first character, who I'm still playing, is uh, Commander Reese Morgan. Uh, she's currently the commanding officer of the Yorktown. She uh, started out as the communications officer and uh, was a very bubbly, very overly enthusiastic character. Um, but, you know, over over the time, you know, from being the second officer under uh, uh, Captain Max Roskowski, I learned a lot, and she's just grown. Um, you know, going from that, you know, very outward, ostentatious character to a very, you know, emotionally, you know, subtle 
type character as a commanding officer. I started a, another character on Forest shortly after I started playing Reese in 06. Um, his, uh, I brought in a, a petty officer, uh, Gerald Morgan. Uh, he was a Xeno archaeologist on Forest, and as you can tell by the names, yes, Gerald and Reese are related. Gerald's the older brother, so there's a there's a bit of a you know a connection there. I based him a lot off my actual brothers, um, personality wise, um, and so their their relationship is very much like the relationship that I have with my brothers. Um, I only played him for about six months. Um, until Susie came to me and said, I need you to play a chief science officer. Can you do that for me? You know, so I, so I agreed to do that and she let me, uh, take, uh, Jer and NPC him. So he's still on forest, um, but you don't see him quite as often. Uh, I brought in Talia Brennan. She's the chief science officer on forest now. Uh, and, uh, she, she is a, very geeky, very antisocial character. Uh, totally unlike me. Well, other than the geeky part, but <laughs> um, antisocial, I am not. Um, so it, it's it, she's a challenge to play in that in that regards. Um, I, I base her antisocialness primarily off my husband because he is antisocial and finds you know gaming a, a, a way to be able to interact with people without actually interacting with them. So sure. <laughs> she is she is a very very fun character to play, just because, like I said, it is a challenge to do something that's totally not like me. I have one other character. She is on New Darwin Colony, uh, Lieutenant Jamie Lynn Hayden, and I have to say that she is my biggest challenge out of all of my characters that I've ever played because she's an engineer and I have never played an engineer. And I suck when it comes to techno babble. Uh, um, she's also another challenge because she's Cajun and, and a Southerner, and I, you know I'm a Northerner from New York, and you know it's it's different to really portray that whole you know side. Um, I try to write her speech the way it would actually sound. Sometimes it comes out right, and sometimes it doesn't. So the techno babble wasn't enough of a challenge. You needed to add accent and dialect. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I try very hard to stay away from techno babble, or I ask people that I know that are very techno babble people and get stuff from them, <laughs> so that I don't have to worry about it. So you've been around TFE for a while. You probably met some of the other players, or, or made some new online friends, but what is your favorite thing about TFE? I think my favorite thing about TFE are the people. There are some fantastic writers. Um, I love reading the logs. I mean, there's so many people that have made an impact in my life, especially, you know, people that were in command positions. Captain Max Rokoski of the Yorktown. I mean, he made a big impact in my life. I, you know, as as a you know as a member of TFE and just being as a captain, um, commanding officer, Forrest, uh, our chief science officer. When I was just playing my little petty officer, Commander Conway made a big impact. You know, they, everybody's taught me a lot of things. I mean, I think Susie's been the biggest impact. Um, she's everywhere, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I really have to say it's the people. It's it's 
I mean, the people are so friendly. I mean, they're, they're, everybody wants to do JLs, joint logs. I mean, you can't, you can't get away from not interacting with the other, with the other, uh, crew members. Okay. Do you have a favorite memory from simming? It sounds like you've got a lot of experience and a, a lot of things that have, have inspired you. Is there anything in particular that you look back and say, that's when I had the most fun or that was jaw dropping? Oh, now this, this is a really tough question because there are so many, so many favorite memories of, of simming. You know, I have to say that the, the things that stick out the most are those, those poignant memory, are those poignant moments within a log where you have, you know, relationships between characters or, or just, you know, somebody just says something just right and it just, it just hits you. I, I love it when you read somebody's log and you just, you, you just fall over laughing. I mean, it's so funny. People make references to 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 uh, other things, um, and uh, or the or the action scenes. I mean, it's, um, I think. I mean, if I really had to pick something for a favorite memory of something, it would have to be something very recent that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, would have to be one of the uh, missions on the Yorktown. Uh, we. We were on a planet, and uh, everybody was was in every different direction. But we ended up uh, trying to uh, deal with these aliens that were invading, so to say, trying to take over the planet and uh, and destroy it, you know, globally as well, you know, as well as uh, the people. We all ended up in this compound. We were trying to rescue our chief chief armory officer, and uh, he was uh, stuck in a, a cell, a holding cell, and. The, the team, we just worked out this whole routine. We're talking through the communicators, you know, working our way through the building. And uh, my character ended up in the air shafts because um, she's so, just, Reese is just so short and, and small. The, the whole aspect of, of this, um, the, the mission, we ended up meeting up. We found our chief, our chief armory officer, lieutenant, uh, he's a lieutenant commander now, uh, ended up uh, escaping from the holding cell and we ended up in a big, you know, fist fight in the middle of, uh, with some guards and the, the very end of the mission as we're trying to leave the planet. We had two shuttles down on the planet and I, I have to pick on my science officer and XO, but he, uh, uh, Lieutenant Boyle came back and said, you know, I, I, you know, I, I said, um, Where's the shuttle? And he goes, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, but uh, you know how, you know, somebody took it for a joyride, and you know how we don't want to uh, technologically infect an, uh, affect a planet in their, in their advancement. But I dropped it down a geyser, and I was just like, you know, how, how are these, all these things happening? And, and so it's, you know, I think the, the, the whole funny thing about this is that, you know, we can find those moments where we can just pick on people you know, in the in the future, it, it, as the, as missions continue and new ones start, you, you just find these things. You can just bring back other little bits and pieces and pull other missions back into the storyline. So the variety, the ability to tie things together. Oh yeah, definitely a plus. Yes. All right. Well, uh, this is pretty much concludes it. Is there any advice you'd like to give? Anything else you'd like to say to? people maybe they're new to tfe or maybe they've been around for a while just anything else you'd like to add you know as a, as a new person into tfe don't be afraid of working in a fleet it's it's a lot of fun and you learn quite a bit it's a new experience and and you always you're always growing with new experiences 
um, for existing people, you know, that are in positions and maybe they're being asked to do, you know, a command position, whether it's department head or, you know, being a, a second officer or an XO, you know, you know, don't be afraid to take that step. I was, I was in that position. I felt like I was being pushed into the deep end and not being able to swim. Everybody's there to help you to learn the ropes, and you know, when it comes to command, one of the things that really stands out in my mind um, was uh, something that uh, Captain Max Rokoski told me. It was that you have potential, whether you see it or not. The other people that are looking at you. That, that see it. So trust, trust those people that say you've got potential. You know, you could do this. You know, don't be afraid to take that step. Great. I really appreciate you coming on. Hello, I'm Ensign Jaya Cassidy, the doctor from Forest Outpost. I'm happy to be joining you today. In this edition of the TFE podcast, we'd like to focus on the NX04. That'd be the Earth Starship Challenger. ESS Challenger is an NX variant class of starship. That is indeed a variant on the NX class vessel. They were intentionally designed to be faster, with more powerful weapon systems than the original NX series. However, recent upgrades in the entire NX fleet have brought all vessels of the class to the NX variant specs. The only differences now are cosmetic. By any name, the Challenger is radiant. Just ask her crew. Unlike most of the other ships designed by Starfleet, the NX ship is a step up in comfort and space. Starfleet recognized that the mission profile for the NX ships would be for long duration, the Warp 5 engines making this possible. With this criteria, Starfleet designed and constructed the largest ships yet in service giving the ship's crew more space to live and work. With a total of seven decks, other improvements include larger quarters, roomier sickbay allowance, a well-equipped gym, and large observation windows. The mission of the NX variant class is to act as an Earth's ambassador in all first contact situations, to represent Earth's interest in all things, actually and to act as the first line of defense when necessary. In all respects, to boldly go where no one has gone before. ESS Challenger is under the command of Commander Conrad Cole. The following crew proudly serve under Commander Cole. Lieutenant Zoe Walsh is Helm Officer. Lieutenant J.G. Chris Stingley is Communications Officer. Sub-Lieutenant Dupren is Chief Science Officer. Ensign Liza Rowe is Medical Officer. Lieutenant J.G. Karen Nelson is Chief Engineering Officer. Ensign Anwar Samad is Engineering Officer. And Lieutenant Vic Hanley is Chief Armory Officer. It takes a good bit of confidence to declare your ship's motto to be the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Wander through the archives of the Challenger for ever evidence of their inventiveness. Current adventures continue to honor that motto. And the future? Well, the future's yet to be invented, isn't it now? Safe sailing to y'all. Good night.
Hi, I'm Red Shirt Girl, and this is your Star Trek movie update. The movie's storyline will cover the youthful and early days of Kirk and Spock and other familiar original series characters during their stint at Starfleet Academy. Trek Movie makes claim that a good deal of time will be spent in space. The site spent some time looking into details of at least four ship types on which some of the action will take place. All Trek fans should already know what the exterior of Abrams Enterprise will look like based on the short teaser that was released with the premiere of Iron Man in April. Here are the names of some other craft we can expect to see. The USS Kelvin, a Romulan ship, Spock has his own ship, and there will also be a medical shuttle, a transport shuttle, and a Federation ship bridge simulator for a Kobayashi Maru test. That's all for now. I'm Red Shirt Girl, and this has been your Star Trek movie update. Hi, this is Murr from Playing for Keeps, I Should Be Writing, and the Heaven series. You can find links to my work and podcasts at www.murverse.com, and you are listening to the First Era podcast. Hello, this is Commander Reese Morgan, CEO of the Yorktown, with your TFE fleet plot update. After the recent declaration of war from the Romulans, Starfleet makes plans to shore up both defenses and political alliances. In fact, we get to witness a top-level meeting of top-level Starfleet personnel. Fleet Captain Hawk, Rear Admiral Battenberg, and Commodore Sterling, from their respective posts, discuss plans for protecting Forest Outpost, now all the more valuable as a repair dock. Enhancing defensive capabilities was discussed, likely with the aid from Seoul Defense Command. Starfleet is to oversee travel for important ambassadors to both Andoria and Vulcan as part of the diplomatic drive conceived by Earth's president. The Yorktown is to take Ambassador Senna to Andoria, and the Meridian is to take Ambassador Berger to Vulcan. Later on Forest Outpost, Fleet Captain Horatio Hawk outlines for Captain Sandra Milligan, CEO of Forest Outpost, for Captain Roger Finney, CEO of the Meridian, and Commander Reese Morgan, CEO of the Yorktown, their new duties escorting key personnel on their diplomatic missions, as well as ensuring the security of Forest, a strategic position in the coming turbulent times ahead. Back at Starfleet headquarters, a chance encounter between Fleet Commander Battenberg and Lieutenant Commander H. Nathan Thompson leads to a conversation regarding Thompson's career. While busy here on Earth, it is clear to Susanna that Thompson would be far more useful to Starfleet if he was used in the field. They agree on a course of action. Battenberg will recommend him to Commodore Sterling for the position as XO on Forrest. Elsewhere, at Starfleet Headquarters, a meeting between Captain Whittaker and Commander Gallagher give light to new intelligence. Romulans have been employing Nausicans and giving them temporary invisibility screens. A Klingon-Romulan connection has also been detected. The Klingons also possibly getting these temporary screens. While the Romulans do not share the technical means with them to keep them going, it's only a matter of time before an engineer deduces the principles and reverse-engineers them. Agent Julio Ibera was also discussed. His current location is unknown, as he was trailing a lead investigating the Romulan intelligence network. He is late checking in, so the two men decide they must begin tracking him down. The action shifts to the Tal Shiar headquarters. Commander Tal Perdek, commanding officer of the Torvrek, receives new orders. His next mission is a complex one. It is designed to disrupt the relations between humans and Vulcans. Talsha agent, Sub-Lieutenant Alidar Burrell, is to rendezvous with the Meridian. Using cloaking and a comet for cover, the Torvrek will approach and beam Burrell 
aboard clandestinely so that she can sabotage the diplomatic mission. Perdek would prefer a more direct assault. He agrees with the Tal Shar and Praetor, for they have clearly expressed their wishes, and so his desire for a full frontal revenge attack will have to wait. On the Meridian, we glimpse foul play afoot. As a Ryan Syndicate member, Burdek is able to poison the food meant for the Starfleet ambassador, and he hopes others. Soon we see the plan take effect, in the captain's mess with all the guests seated in meeting. The meal begins as a very formal affair, with both the Earth and Vulcan ambassador present. The first course is stew, and is placed before the crew, and a vegetarian meal before the Vulcan guests. Quickly, discomfort and pain sets in, the poison doing its work. The chef realizes too late, of course, what has happened. It is strychnine, boron triclide, a catalyst that has activated the inerts, has caused them to combine into a poison that is now hurting them considerably. Due to the copper-based makeup of the blood, the Vulcans are not affected. The human ambassador, though, seems far too gone. But with another dose of medication administered and plenty of rest, everyone is assured that the ambassador will be fine and back up within a day. Since the Orion is the one found responsible, it is deduced he has been working for the Romulans to disrupt the negotiations. Not interested in the least at letting this pass, it is decided the ship will endeavor to capture Burdek. This has been your TFE Fleet Plot Update. Now it's time for the contest part of our podcast. Last time we opened up the contest to anyone emailing the show via the official email address. The same rules apply to next time, so if you want to enter the contest, all you have to do is send an email to our official email address. We'll have some more on that in a minute. Right now, let's announce the winners and their prizes. We, in fact, this time had two prizes to give away, and so we have two winners. The first winner is Chris, who plays Kareem Moritai on New Darwin. Chris has won the movie Serenity. If you haven't seen this sci-fi classic from Joss Whedon, I highly encourage you to check it out. The second winner is Sam, CEO of the Yorktown, or maybe I should say former CEO of the Yorktown. He posted an ad not just for the Yorktown, but for TFE in general. And for his excellent advertising work, he receives the recording of the Ender Wiggins Saga, written by Orson Scott Card. These are four books covered from Card's seminal work of Ender's Game through the end of the series with the book Children of the Mind. Congratulations to both winners. So, let's talk about our contest. Again, it's the same premise. Send an email to our official email address. Tell us who you play and what sim you're on. That will get you one entry. However, if in your email you mention that you have done some work to advertise for the first era to bring in more players, you get three entries into the contest. That also applies to anyone who gives you credit when they join TFE. On the application page, there's a section to list how you heard of TFE. If they put your name there, you get instantly three entries into the contest. At least one winning entry will be selected to receive a prize and announced on the next show. All entries should be sent to our official email address. It is tfepodcast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. 
If you want to contact the show with your comments, questions, trivia questions, help, offer of services, a Nigerian scam, or anything else, feel free to email us. Also keep in mind you can call and leave audio comments on the voicemail line. It's not toll free. It's a United States telephone number. Keep that in mind. That being said, we'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 206-350-1308. Even if you only call in briefly and say your name, who you are, where you play, we'd love to hear that kind of feedback. Now let's get to the trivia answer. How many screens were built into the bridge of the most recent Star Trek TV series, Enterprise? The answer? 80 plasma screens were built into it. That would be a nice place to watch the playoffs or the Super Bowl or water polo and about 70 other things all at the same time. All things Star Trek are registered trademarks of Paramount Pictures and their respective owners. No copyright violation is intended. This is a non-profit making organization ran, played by, administered by Star Trek fans. This podcast is distributed on a Creative Commons, no commercial, non-derivatives, 2.5 share-like license. So make copies, spread the word, just don't change it or sell it. This is Scott signing off saying live long and write faster.